0: Christmas we're we're doing Christmas themes at the moment and and I kind of arrived where I'm speaking at tonight just through a bit of a personal um experience really last week um we had encounter service and it was absolutely wonderful the presence of God the Holy Spirit was was so thick I was kind of ruined but in in that it was strange It just felt God telling me to focus on baby Jesus focus on baby Jesus and I couldn't really work out what um what that was about and then, and then during the week um, so the, the scripture came to me unto us a child is born and I focused on that and I thought maybe that's what I'm going to speak about this week maybe that's what it is but during the week I really felt God challenged me you know when you get that, that inner voice when God is he won't let you put something down it's quite restless and he, I felt like he was saying to me you've got to enjoy Christmas now i let you into a bit of a secret Jenny confessed some things this morning I'll confess some things to you now I am a proper Grinch. I am a real humbug at Christmas. I really, for years, I've not enjoyed it. Not enjoyed it. And the reason being, I really felt God say to me was that you're allowing, let me explain why. (laughs) I'm a Grinch because I don't know what Christmas has become. I look around me and Christmas starts in August. The tree goes up in October in our house. Um, it's just, just Christmas has become so much about money it's so commercialised um, and, we, and we've lost, you know, I feel the world clearly has lost what Christmas is about and it really, really bothers me, used to bother me and I really felt God say to me this week, he said the trouble is Paul he says, what you're doing is you're allowing what Christmas isn't to rob you of what Christmas is he said you're missing out on what Christmas really is because you're so worried about what everybody else thinks Christmas, what they think it's about. I want you to focus on what Christmas is, and I want you to enjoy it. And so I started to focus on Baby Jesus and started to understand what He was saying to me. You can't preach about joy and not enjoy Christmas, which is what I did last week. You've got to enjoy it. You've got to enjoy it because what it means, what it represents to us. So unto us a child is born. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, to us a son that is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now I'm going to ask you a couple of times during this message to just perhaps close your eyes if you want to, but just think about baby Jesus lying in a manger, however you picture that, whatever you've heard, whatever it looked like. I want you to think about baby Jesus as I read those words again. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This baby was going to change the world. I want to look at this evening the response of some of the people, their reactions to the birth of Christ. The telling of the birth of Christ, in other words, he's coming and then what happened when he was born. I just want to look at Mary and the shepherds and the wise men and what their responses were when this child was born and when they knew he was coming, and perhaps what our responses could and should be. And I, I am, you'll gather, after what I've just said, I'm preaching to myself tonight. I'm encouraging myself, and I pray that you are encouraged too. So I'm going to read to you from, uh, first of all, from Luke 1. This is verses 26 uh, to 38. I love that (laughs) an angel turns up and starts speaking to her don't be afraid don't be afraid But don't be afraid don't be afraid Mary you have found favour with God you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever his kingdom will never end There's a sermon in itself. For no word from God will ever fail. Mary goes on to say, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. I want to look a little bit about some of Mary's responses. The first thing was that Mary was obedient. She was obedient. She's just had an angel turn up in her, let's say her living room, and say, you're going to have a baby. But I'm a virgin. I've not slept with anybody. But you're going to have a baby. Not only that, it's going to be God's baby. So you can imagine Mary thinking so, right, so my husband or future husband's probably going to leave me. My family are going to turn their back on me. My community are going to ostracize me. And I'm going to be left holding a baby. And you're telling me it's the son of God. Now, I don't know how you might respond to something like that. But Mary said, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. What a heart Mary had. But I wonder what our response would have been would we have been obedient? When, if God called you to do something so profound, so incredible, so huge in the advancement of the kingdom of God, what would your response be? Would you be obedient? Would you be able to say, okay, Lord, I'm your servant. Turn my world upside down ruin the plans I have for my life. But yeah, I'll do it. I'm obedient. I will do it. How many times have we called on God and said, God, make your spirit move. Let your spirit move. Let your spirit fall in this place. Lord, send revival. Lord, rip up this city. Lord, do things differently. Come in power. I wonder if God's saying, but if you just did the things I asked you to do, maybe things would change. Maybe if you said, like Mary... I'm your servant. Let your world, your word be fulfilled. Mary was obedient. God was going to turn her life upside down, inside out. She said, That's okay with me. I'm your servant. Let your word be fulfilled. Mary was obedient. And I think, like I said, I think about Mary's heart. What would a heart must have been like to receive that news and to say to God, okay. I'm your servant, I'll do what you say. So is it, is it a wonder that Mary was chosen when God looked out over all the people and thought, who am I going to send my child to? Who am I going to put my child with? And he looks at everybody's hearts and he sees Mary, whose response would have been, I'm your servant, I'll do what you ask. That's what he's looking for. God is looking for obedient hearts and I think our response to God in light of the birth of Jesus is obedience. God says, I prefer obedience over sacrifice. And Mary was obedient. And then we carry on a few verses later in Luke 1 to the Magnificat, to to Mary's song that she sings in in response to this wonderful news that she has been given. This is in Luke 1, 46 to 55. I won't read it all uh, for the sake of time, but it's in Luke 1. And we read that Mary was overjoyed. We're hearing this a lot aren't we last week we preached on joy David touched on joy this morning you can hear a lot more tonight as well Mary was overjoyed she was overjoyed we read in her songs here that Mary said my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my savior I go back again a little bit to last week what we said about our circumstances and our situation and choosing joy Mary had just had her world turned upside down. Everything she knew, this was a teenage girl, teenage woman, her world was going to be turned upside down. And rather than looking at her bootstraps and thinking, whoa, is me. My husband could be gone. My family could be gone. What does this mean to me? This is what we read. My soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She was overjoyed. This is someone who trusted in God and was overjoyed in what he was going to do in her life. Next to me says that Mary was honored and humbled. She was honored and humbled. We read, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. He's been mindful of me. God thought of me, and he has chosen me. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. You know, how blessed am I that I've been chosen to carry the Son of God? She says, For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name she saw that the situation she was going to put into, how difficult it might be to explain to people, she saw that as a blessing from God. And she was humbled and she was honored at carrying the birth or carrying the Son of God. I wonder how honored we feel that we carry Christ in our hearts. So Mary carried a physical baby. She carried the Son of God in her womb. We carry the Spirit of God in our hearts. We carry God with us wherever we go do we feel honored by that do we feel humbled by that that God would take residence in our hearts when we think about the state of our hearts sometimes the condition of our heart that God chose to live with us to live amongst us when I ponder that I feel humble and I feel honored that God would live in me and the last thing I see here is that Mary was thoughtful She was thoughtful. We see at the end of uh, Luke 2, which we'll come on to in a moment, and after the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for what they had seen, for the news that they had had, and and we read that Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then we read at the end of Luke 2, after Jesus was a small boy now, and he'd been left behind in the temple. They'd left Uh, the temple, they were on their way home and Mary and Joseph realised that Jesus was missing, they went back and found him in the temple and there was a few uh, words exchanged between Mary and Joseph and Jesus and then we read that he left and he was obedient with them, again there's another message in that altogether but then we see that Mary pondered these things in her heart, she's starting to really focus and understand who Jesus is, the significance of Jesus and again I want you to think, just uh, as I was preparing this, this message, someone gave me this song um, to listen to. They said, I think this should really fit really well. And I listened to it, and I'm not going to put any press on you, but it, it absolutely broke me and gave me a glimpse of perhaps what Mary was thinking as she looked into the, the face of baby Jesus, the Son of God, as she held him. You know, she was obedient when she found out it was going to happen. She was overjoyed at the news. She was honored and she was humbled. But like God was saying to me this week, He wanted me to ponder. Mary was pondering on the birth of Jesus and what it truly meant. So we're just going to listen to this song for a moment and then I'm going to come back to you.
1: Underneath the starry sky A mother holds a child tonight All is calm and all is bright she sings the hymn of lullaby Gloria in her hands Born to save the sons of earth He was born to give him second birth
0: I don't think we'll ever uh, truly understand what went through uh, Mary's heart as she looked upon baby Jesus. I look down and I see Lauren holding baby Leland. I think this is just how real it would have been. She was holding a baby that was God in her arms and she had no idea how this was going to turn out, but this was God. The shepherds and the wise men came and they praised And they gloried over this baby. They bowed down in front of this baby. And I just think if we can think for a moment what it must have been like for Mary holding that baby as people come and bow down before him. She was holding God in her arms. Her responses tell us why God chose her. So the shepherds then, the shepherds, what were their responses to this baby being born? In Luke 2, 8, 20, we've heard this a lot over the last couple of weeks, so I will, I will get through it quickly. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. They were hear it again. Imagine the glory of God. The glory of God when it turns up. What is it about that that makes us so afraid? The power and the glory and the majesty to those on whom his favor rests. Then the angels had left them and gone into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard. were just as they had been told. So how did these shepherds react? First of all, they were terrified. They were terrified again at an angel turning up in all its glory, an angel of the Lord. But then they are told, don't be afraid. And they are told this news that a Messiah has been born to them. And I believe they were filled with joy because that's what it says the good news will do. It will fill all men and women with joy. Joy to all humankind. They were clearly filled with joy upon hearing this good news. I wonder, do we, are we really filled with joy when we think about baby Jesus and what he came to do, what he achieved, and what that means to us now? Are we really filled with joy or do we miss it do we kind of miss it the shepherds weren't going to miss it we read about 400 years between uh, the book of Malachi and the book of Matthew but this prophecy we read in Isaiah at the beginning of the message was 700 years between now and then and Jesus being born they had been waiting a long time father had told son and son had told grandson about the coming of this Messiah one day One day, one will rise up. One day, a Messiah will be born. And one day, we will be free. Well, this was that day. This was that day. And they were really filled with joy. We also read, I would argue, that they became the first evangelists, these shepherds. We read in verse 17, that when they had had seen him, baby Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They were so filled with joy. They went to see baby Jesus. They would have been filled with even more joy. You imagine the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory that frightened them, the glory that that put them on the back foot. Imagine what it must have been like stepping into the presence of God, even as a baby. They couldn't wait to tell people. And when they told them, people listened. People were amazed at what they said. You Can imagine what they were thinking? These stinking shepherds that have just run in off the hills into town. They should be off with the sheep. They've just come into town. Why would they do this? This is not normal. This is out in the ordinary. What are they saying? That a Messiah has been born. And they're filled with joy. They're really cheerful. These, these are men that spend the night looking after sheep. And yet here they are in town and they're full of joy. This is different. This is different. And the people were amazed at what they had heard. The shepherds couldn't wait to tell people the good news. I wonder how quick we are to tell people the good news at Christmas. Do we miss Christmas? Does it, you know, when it comes to Easter, we're all full of the Easter masses and Jesus is alive. But I wonder if Christmas, do we miss the chance to tell people the good news? You do know what Christmas is about, don't you? You do know why Jesus was born. You know why we celebrate the birth of Jesus? Because it leads to the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus and everything that that brings. But the shepherds couldn't wait to tell people the Messiah, the one that's going to save us, has been born. They had to tell people. And then the third thing we see is that when they've been and told everybody, I think, I imagine it, they've kind of seen Jesus and they're like, they're in complete awe. And then they run into the streets and they just tell everybody, can't wait to tell everybody the Messiah's been born the Saviour is here things are going to change the Romans are going to get kicked out we're finally going to get this kingdom that we've always been promised we're really excited and I'm going to think the baby the baby and then they go back they go back to the baby and what do they do? they glorify and they praise a baby baby Jesus in the manger this was the Son of God the impact this baby had on these shepherds cannot be lost they worship this baby I wonder how ready we are to truly worship Jesus at Christmas. I love singing carols, despite my grinchness, actually, which is now gone. Grinchness is gone. But I love to sing carols. I love that. But again, is it tradition? I love singing the songs. I love the tunes. I love the high notes, the low notes. But am I really focusing on what the songs are about? Dave said it to us this morning as we're singing. Sing this to God. Sing it to Jesus. Don't sing it as a familiar song sing it to God praise him and glorify him which is what the shepherds did and then the last group of people want to look at is the wise men and to look at this they don't appear in Luke this is in Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 to 11 after Jesus was born in bethlehem in judea during the time of king herod magi or wise men from the east came to jerusalem and asked where is the one who has been born king of the jews we saw his star when it rose, and I've come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. Probably for different reasons. Herod felt threatened. Jerusalem would have been mildly excited at the prospect of this Messiah. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. Well, we know that they traveled a long distance. They've been traveling for a long time. They saw this star and they knew this was special. They knew, as they said to Herod, we knew that this baby would be born, this king of the Jews. They traveled a long way. They knew that this was special. But we read that word again. They were overjoyed. They were overjoyed. When they saw that the star had stopped over a house, they were overjoyed because they knew what was coming. They were going to come and meet this Messiah, this king of the Jews, this promised one. They were overjoyed joyed the next thing we see is when they went in they saw mary and they saw the child let me just read it to you on coming to the house they saw the child with his mother mary and again you imagine mary holding this this baby or or in the trough and they bowed down and they worshiped him these were big men these were people of their time that had a huge reputation they had presence. Everybody sought their influence, sought their advice. These are the people that knew the stars. They knew the way the world worked. They were smart. They were clever. They were educated. It's probably where we get the, the idea that they were kings somehow. But these were special men. But they walked into the presence of Jesus, and they get down on their knees, and they worship. Their status is gone. Their reputation doesn't matter because their reputation the status of this, of this baby is more important than anything they've ever encountered. They bow down and they worship baby Jesus. When I was looking at this, I thought of, if you think of the Old Testament of David, King David, when he's bringing the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem, and he starts to dance, and you, you know, so he, he danced in his underpants. He danced in a, in a loincloth, he danced in an ephod. He didn't care what people thought, because this was the presence of God. And he was going to dance and he was going to worship in the presence of God. And this is what I believe happened to these wise men. They came into the presence of God and they could do nothing but bow down and worship him. I wonder what we think of when we come into church. Do we ask ourselves, I'm coming into the presence of God. I'm going to meet with God. I'm going to meet with Jesus. And I'm going to worship him. I'm going to bow down. And I'm going to praise him. The last thing we see of the wise men is that they gave their riches. They gave of their riches. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They gave what they had. And in those days, it was special. But I just want to ask us, I've been speaking for nearly half an hour now, I just want to ask us, just want to reflect back on these responses and ask us what our responses are this Christmas. I know you're going to think, oh, that's ritz after what you've told us about grints and you know, you, you want to focus differently. But I want, to, I want us to think about that. What happens when we ponder on things like Mary? When we really think about Christmas. When we think about the birth of Christ and what that means to us. You know, as we approach Christmas and we start to think about him. Start to think about this baby. And we sing those songs, Away in a Manger, Emmanuel, God with us. When we think about Jesus, what he became and what he did. When we think about the good news that the shepherds had. I want us to think about some of the responses of these People around this birth. Because Jesus came for us, and again this is another message altogether, but Jesus came, he didn't go straight from cradle to the cross. Jesus lived for, you think, 33 years. And why did he do that? I've often asked myself, why did he come as a baby? He ascended into heaven as a man. Why could he not descend as a man, do three years of ministry, die on the cross, and go back to heaven? Why did he have to come as a baby? Because he fulfilled the law twice. He fulfilled the law twice. He earned our righteousness. He lived a righteous life. He lived a holy life, which is how we got our righteousness. So he earned our righteousness, and then he paid the price of our unrighteousness. That is what he did for us, and this is why he came as a baby. He obeyed the law, and yet he still paid the penalty for us. So in response to that, in response to this baby being born and what he has done for us, I just want to remind us of some of these responses and how we are going to do that, how we are going to respond this Christmas to the birth of Jesus and how we remember it. Mary was obedient. She was willing to do what God wants. Is this something God is nudging you over? Is this something God has been talking to you about? Is this something that God's called you to and you've still not done it? You're still ignoring it. You're still putting it to one side. And it's time to maybe, you know what? I'm going to be obedient. And I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Mary was overjoyed. I'm not going to ask you about that. (laughs) That's what I've done. That's what I've taken out of this. I will now focus on the joy of Christmas. Not focus on what everybody else thinks it is, what everybody does around it, about the flurry of wrapping paper in the morning, about the money that it costs to put Christmas. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to focus on the joy of the birth of this baby, Jesus Are we going to be humble and honored? Are we honored enough to carry Christ, to be part of his story and to carry it to others? Are we going to be thoughtful? Are we going to ponder the birth and life of Christ? Are we going to take time out to think about what it really took for God to come down from heaven, empty himself of glory and be born into a feeding trough? The shepherds, does the good news still give us joy? When we think about it, does it still give us joy? If it doesn't, last week we looked at two things. A thankful heart and praise and worship. Have a thankful heart. Give thanks in all circumstances and praise and worship God if you want to revive that joy in your life at the good news of Jesus. Who will you tell? The shepherds were evangelists. They went and told everybody. When they heard this good news, they had to tell everybody. The Messiah is here. Does it still excite you enough to tell people about it? You know, I read this week about Christmas. I can be so grumpy sometimes. You know Christmas, people shorten it to Xmas, don't they? I grew up livid, livid that people would dare put an X instead of Jesus. And I've read this week that X in the Greek alphabet is actually chi, and it was actually shorthand for Christmas. You see how wound up I got about these things, how miserable I got about these things. And yet, what a wonderful opportunity to say to people, oh, Xmas, isn't it lovely that they put shorthand for Christ? At Christmas. What a wonderful opportunity to be able to speak to people about the birth of Jesus and what Christmas is really all about. The shepherds glorified and they praise God. When you think about the Messiah, does it still move you to glorify and praise God when you think about it? Again, I ask you: How you come into church? When you come into church, when you think about God, do you start to think about praising and glorifying Him? And then the wise men, overjoyed at the prospect of His presence. Are we overjoyed at the prospect of God's? presence this one really challenged me sometimes I can walk into church and I can get caught up with the, the, the plan caught up with what's going to happen what we've got to get through what I've got to do but I'm actually overjoyed at the prospect of his presence the wise men saw the star for we're going to meet with Jesus and they became overjoyed they gave of their riches I'm going to ask you tonight are you holding on to something that God has asked you for is God has asked you to give it to him Perhaps it's unforgiveness. Perhaps it's something that is bothering you. Perhaps it's something that you shouldn't have. And he said, I want to have it. I want to have it. Because all that we have is his anyway. So are we going to give it to him? So I'm going to ask the band to come up uh, and join me, the worship team. And we're going to sing a couple of songs of worship. And what I'm going to ask you to do, in fact, let's all stand together. What I'm going to ask you to do is to do what Mary did and to ponder just to think just to to focus on the birth of Jesus and what that means to you as we approach Christmas is it just a picture on a Christmas card is it just a song that we sing is it your favorite carol I want you to just think just ponder perhaps if it helps you is just to imagine the face of that baby as Mary holds that baby and what it meant she knew what it meant She started to ponder on this. She was holding the Son of God in her arms. She had no idea at that time how it was going to turn out. We can look back and see how it turned out. So I'm going to ask you just to ponder as we worship and sing these songs, as Dave said this morning, sing these songs to God. Glorify God, praise God, thank God for his Son, Jesus Christ, and what that means to us and what it has done for us. Thanks, guys.